Hello and welcome to Queenstown Property Chats. I'm Maria Rosa, your host and local licensed real estate agent. Every episode, I'll be bringing you fresh and current insights into the Queenstown property market so we can both stay informed by the best local experts. everyone and thank you for tuning in to the first episode of 2024. I really wanted to start off the year um, by bringing back Rebecca Barnes. She's incredibly knowledgeable um, mortgage broker and we've really delved into the essential mortgage basics, understanding rates and it's full of tips and a bit of advice for everyone. So I hope you enjoy the conversation as much as I did and make sure you let me know what you think and subscribe and don't forget if you're looking for any advice on selling or buying in Queenstown, I am always here. Call me on 021 088 34181. Okay, enjoy the chat. Hi, Rebecca. Thanks Hi. for coming back on to Queenstown Property Chats. Thanks so much for having me back. Yes. Um, so today I just want to talk a bit about what's happening in the mortgage space, about rates, and just get a good understanding for our listeners as well. And we've got some questions that people have submitted on social media for you as well. So let's start up. What are the current trends that you're seeing in New Zealand in that mortgage space at the moment? Um, so the trends that we're seeing are... Um, at the moment, a little more owner-occupied focus. We mm-hmm. have seen investors um, leave the market um, with a lot of different changes that have happened over the last few years. Mm-hmm. So it's very owner-occupied driven. Um, we've definitely seen increases in interest rates. It's something that everybody's talking about, so that's not new to anybody. Um, and But we're definitely also seeing that banks are really willing to make things work. So as much as it seems difficult out there, um, there are uh, a lot of people wanting to get people into properties, especially the fact that it is a very owner-occupied market at yeah. the moment. And it's interesting you say that because I'd say, yeah, since like 2020, we've had like first-home buyers, haven't had that much competition with investors because they've sort of been, you know, pushed a bit out of the market with the interest deductibility and mm. the bright line test. But something that I've noticed and a lot of the agents are noticing at the moment is that investors are starting to come back into the market. But would it be more likely that you're not seeing those type of investors because they may be cashed up or is it unlikely that investors would need to be coming to get a mortgage? Yeah, I would definitely say that in the last few years there has been a few things that have made investors rethink um, their investment into property. Um, Interest deductibility was one. Brightline extended out to 10 years was another um, the need to bring their homes up to the healthy home standard yeah. um, has definitely made a change over the last sort of three to four years. Um, I would say a lot of that um, now could be we're about to turn the table on that one. Yeah. Um, with the change of government last year, National has said that they will fast track bringing interest deductibility back in um, as quickly as possible, also yeah. reducing the bright line back to two years. Yeah. Um, and then anybody that really uh, needed that healthy home, that's all been done now. So yeah. um, uh, all of that's kind of been ticked off. So that's probably why we're starting to see that fluctuation. Of oh, investors yeah, definitely. Back. And we're already getting people uh, looking into the investment market again. So I really do think uh, we're about to turn again and we can already feel that the market's going to start to increase mm-hmm. um, and 
as the year goes on, we'll get to see a little more investors coming back into the market. So I think if you're an owner-occupied looking at getting into a property, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's your first home, second home, uh, moving into a bigger home, now's a great time to be looking um, and to be buying basically. And then that way, if in six to 12 months you're back in, uh, you know, competing with the investors, you're already in. Yeah, exactly. Okay. What factors determine mortgage rates in New Zealand? Um, so there is a few factors that determine interest rates within New Zealand. The yeah. OCR is probably the most um, common that everybody talks about. And OCR means? Official cash rate. Okay. Um, so that's set by the Reserve Bank of New Zealand. So and what is the Reserve Bank? Yeah, I know, we're delving <laughs> go, now. We're going we? right into it today. <laughs> so the Reserve Bank, and just to keep it fairly simple, yeah. is uh, like a governing um, body that uh, – works with the regulations for the major lenders within New Zealand. So they set um, things like the OCR that um, can directly affect interest rates, um, usually help to uh, work with inflation, which we've also heard a lot of uh, about uh, that word this year. Um, They also uh, govern what we can do when it comes to LVR, which is loan-to-value ratio. So that's the percentage that you can borrow against the property. So the main one that people think about is that 80% lending against an owner-occupied property, meaning that you would need a 20% deposit. So that's not the be-all, end-all by any means. There are avenues to be able to borrow um, with as little as a 10% or even a 5% deposit on an owner-occupied um, and then with your investment properties, uh, maximum 65% lending against the property. So needing a 35% deposit. Yeah, right. Again, there are avenues to borrow outside of that, exemptions that you can use as well, such as new builds, and um, that they'll allow you to borrow more for an investment property. So basically the um, RBNZ um, are setting those regulations for the banks that that we need to abide by. And what would your forecast be for the interest rates over the next 12 to 24 months? Yeah, that's a that's a, a loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> and to be fair, um, even the most educated people like the um, economists are working um, with an educated guess on this. It's all yeah. very crystal ball and sometimes we make the best decisions based on the information that we have in, t- in at the time. I would say um, that the expectation is that we're um, this year um, we'll sort of see the last of the highs and it'll start to plateau after that. Um, If you are using the bandwagon technique of what most people are doing, I would say a shorter term at 12 to 18 months is kind of seeing you right. Mm -hmm. Bearing in mind that when we're talking to people about how uh, how they're setting up their lending, Um, There are lots of different factors that we would consider with that, um, including what are your what are your future plans, Mm -hmm. um, your expectation of repayments over certain timeframes. If you are going in with less than a 20 percent deposit, uh, interest rates factor into that. So is there an opportunity for people to negotiate on these rates with a bank? Yeah, definitely. So provider. The banks get a huge percentage of their lending books from mortgage brokers like myself. So we have a really, really good relationship and they're wanting to do the best for our customers. So because of that, we are in a great position to not only negotiate um, the actual application and lending amount, um, but also the interest rate that they're able to receive um, also cash contributions that they're able to get when when they're taking out new lending. So they're really wanting to help um, our customers because we're bringing in a huge amount of their 
they're lending. And so what factors are they considering when they're determining an individual's mortgage rate? Um, So when the banks are looking at on a really simple level, they're looking at what's your income and what are your outgoings and what's left at the end of the month for that. And so the role that we would play is what incomes can we use? Um, Are we using just your salary? Are you self-employed? How does that look? Can you have borders in your your property? Um, What are your outgoings? What are the non-negotiable outgoings, insurances? But what are the negotiable ones? Dinners out, things like that. Yeah, things you can cut down. Um, So for us, it's about packaging up um, to look the best way possible when we're presenting it to the banks. And it's having a conversation with our customers about how, how that looks to them. And how does a person's um, credit score affect that? Yeah, this is a really common question, mm. especially um, Queenstown in the central area. We yeah. have lots of international people and credit ratings are different in different countries. Yeah. Um, I often have people ask, should I get a credit card to um, help my credit rating? The simple yeah. answer for that is no, don't get a credit card if you don't want a credit card. Okay. Um, basically what you're trying to do is not get a bad credit rating. So Um, It will flag at the bank if you've had no credit events, so you've had no kind of lending. That could be uh, a telephone bill or something like that as well. Um, But it's not the be-all, end-all. It could be very easily justifiable. If you've had a bad credit event and a a really simple situation that I've seen happen a couple of times in Queensland is perhaps that they've had their name on the power bill and other flatmates haven't paid and it's put them in a bad situation... Um, it all depends on timeframes of that. Has it been cleared? Has, is it justifiable? Can we write some information as to what happened here and justify that to the bank? Um, you are also in a position to be able to access your own credit history. Okay, um, so yeah. I can give information to people on that. So if they're concerned about how it will look to the bank, I often suggest to people to go and get their own credit check done. Um, And then we can look at that and be like, okay, this is what the bank's going to see. How are we going to um, explain what's happened here? How far after normally closing like a bad credit account like that do the bank look into? So if I closed my bad credit card on January and I wanted to start looking for a mortgage six months later, would they be looking at that? Yeah, they definitely would be in that kind of time frame. We're we're, we're talking about like years ago, really. Um, that they would not consider that. Okay. But if it was within that time frame again, don't ever think that you're completely out of the race. Okay. Um, it's definitely a conversation to start with about what that looks like. And can you explain the difference between fixed and floating um, variable interest rates? Yeah. So when basically when you take out a, a mortgage, you have these two options. Well, they're two very simple options, but um, a fixed interest rate is that you are choosing a time frame that you fix the particular interest rate in. Okay. So say, um, and most banks will go from either six months up to five years. Um, so you can choose any of the sort of time frames within that. Um, so say you chose to do 12 months and you had a particular interest rate. So that gives you security of your repayments over that time frame. Right. So for that next 12 months, your interest rate will be that interest rate until the end of the 12 months. At the end of the 12 months, um, usually around 30 to 40 days beforehand, uh, we would get back together and choose what you wanted to do going forward. Do we want to fix it in for a different interest rate, for a different time frame, depending on what's happening at the time? So a couple of things to consider when you're fixing your interest rate. One is that 
Um, most banks give you the ability to increase your repayments up to a certain amount. Okay. Um, some banks will allow you to make a, a lump sum repayment up to a certain amount without penalty. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're wanting to pay off more than that, there may be a, what's called a break fee. Um, and, and depending on how much you're wanting to repay, we could do a calculation to do, decipher if that's the best option. Um, when it comes to a floating interest rate, that's a variable interest rate. So that is subject to change and it could fluctuate. And that's uh, so, changed from like the Reserve Bank and the OCR yeah, and, and how that's is, going that's is going exactly to be directly right. affecting you. Yeah, right. so usually when the OCR changes, um, you can potentially get a change in your uh, variable interest rate. Right. So the reasons that some of, some of the reasons that people would look to keep their loans on a variable rate is perhaps they're looking at selling their property so it makes sense to keep their property on a variable rate so that when it's sold and they pay down their lending, they've got no break fees. So right, no okay, penalty for yeah. Um, other times is if they're in a position where they're getting um, bulk sums of money and they're able to make big chunks of repayments off their loans, um, that could be somebody that's self-employed or bonused. Um, so it, it can be beneficial to have a certain portion of your loan um, under a variable rate. So if you've got a little bit of extra cash, you can make lump sum repayments. It doesn't have to be either or. You can mix things up and, and have it across um, a few different types of um, interest rates. And is there anything that people should look out for when switching from a fixed rate to a variable or variable to a fixed rate? Any? Um, you just really want to look at your future plans. Okay. Um, and that's when it's good to seek advice about uh, what do you want to do in the future um, and usually we'll be looking over the, just the next couple of years, like, uh, you know, what's your next step? Uh, what's your plans? Um, what do you want to get out of this? Are you wanting security and repayments? Are you wanting to pay down your lending faster? There's a whole uh, raft of questions that we would ask to um, help to give, give them that advice. Perfect. And could you just give us a quick, this was a question that we had online on social media, but could you give us a quick walk through the mortgage approval process in New Zealand, how that works? So I come into the door to see you, I want to buy a house. Yeah. So we would, again, we would be talking about goals and um, what you sort of want to do within the future. Um, We would talk about what your income is, what sort of incomes we could use, what your outgoings would be. um, And then we would I would gather um, documents off you to show that, bank statements, payslips, um, financial accounts if you're self-employed. And basically I would put together a package to show to the bank that you're in a position right. of affordability okay. um, to be able to uh, take out this lending to purchase your home. So one thing I would reiterate to people is that um, you don't know where you stand financially until you have a conversation with somebody um, that can give you the best advice. So the amount of people that I've had in the office that I've said, you could go and buy something right yeah. now and they kind of walk really? out a little bit like miffed, like, ah. Um, so there definitely are online calculators and things that you can use to, to um, help to give you a bit of an idea. However, they don't factor in things like um, bank policies that we know that you can use this, um, we know that you can use that, um, we know that we can reduce this to put you in a better position. Um, so if you um, were to either talk to friends or and you think, actually, no, I really can't, a very quick conversation, 10-minute conversation will yeah. um, help to guide you as to whether 
you are in the position or not. And something I've spoken about many times on the podcast of different mortgage brokers is that it's all, for most of you guys, it is free to come and speak to a mortgage broker yeah. and to start getting that advice, isn't it? Yeah, that's a really good point. So just to be clear on what my position is. Mm-hmm. So um, I work on the customer's behalf um, as a kind of a mediator between them and the bank. So my job is to find them, the bank with the policies that suit them the most um, also, you know, finding them the best deal possible. And sometimes the best deal possible is the bank that has the policy that suits them the best. So um, we're quite lucky at, at Custom Mortgages. We can deal with all of the major banks um, okay. and then we go down to different types of lenders as well. Our first port of call is always the, the major bank. Yeah. So um, it's really um, the, our, our role then uh, is to gather everything and package it up quite nicely and send it off to the banks like that. So okay. the banks then pay us yeah. um, for bringing in lending. Um, and then once them. you've got that package together, like, yeah, Maria, we think she'd be able to afford this home, then the banks are reviewing that information yep. and then just contacting you as that mediator back and forth. Yeah. Um, so you're not having to necessarily, me personally, have to deal with the banks, which I guess yeah, is also exactly good. that's exactly right. So I can answer any questions that yeah. they need. Um, I can gather that information yeah. for them. Um, I can mediate um, for them, um, and if um, if need to, if a policy changes in another bank and actually that suits them better, I'll know that and I can send them across to there. And I'm guessing then, do you have that certain level of being able to negotiate those rates a little bit on behalf of the customer as well? Yeah, there definitely is that element. But what we're finding at the moment is um, it's not necessarily rate driven; it's policy yeah. driven. Okay. Um, and really, it's about finding the bank that um, suits your particular needs. Okay. Um, so uh, it, that rates do definitely play a part, but. Um, I've definitely found before that um, if you're if you like that particular rate, what if that bank's policy doesn't suit you? Yeah. And if you were going to that particular bank because you liked the rate and they gave you a no, you may walk away and think, I can't do this. Um, and I've had this very recently where they were felt a little shot down because they they got a no. Yeah. Uh, and we got an easy yes. Somewhere, somewhere else. else. Okay. Um, and then made a game plan to put them in the best financial position possible going forward. So um, we we just keep seeking the yes. Yeah, oh, that's perfect. And another question I had from social media was, what are the common challenges that people are facing when applying for mortgages at the moment? Uh, I would say a, a common challenge is obviously the interest rates. Um, so not only um, are you seeing the interest rates um, that are on the TV or outside of the banks, but also uh, when banks are assessing your ability to pay for lending, they use a test rate which just uh, means that they are assuring that should the interest rates rise, that you're in a position of affordability for that. Right, so they are like testing if, for example, it went up by another 2%, would you still be able to afford your repayments, right? And that's where people are kind of getting a bit... Yeah, this is it. At Mm -hmm. the moment, because the interest rates are high, the test rate is not actually that much higher than the variable rate. Usually it is. Um, so it could be worse, yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but again, uh, and each individual bank um, will view your income and outgoings differently. So again, it comes down to knowing what the bank's policies are and putting you in the right fit. And just before we wrap up then today, are there any new or unique mortgage products out there or um systems in place or incentives, I can't think of the right word now, um, that could help people um, and that listeners should know about? 
Yeah, so I would say that the um, overview of uh, lending is constantly changing. Yeah. Um, policies are constantly changing. I would say the um, the actual products that banks are using are probably not, um, they don't necessarily change that much. There are, however, some banks that will uh, do different products to other banks. So if you've over, only ever had lending at one bank, you may not realise that there are other options that you can use. A classic example of that is an offset facility where if you wanted to keep some of your money aside, you can use that to offset the interest that you're paying on okay. your on your loans. Now, well, yeah. not all banks will offer that. Yeah. Um. So if you've never had lending um, at one of these facilities, you may not even realise how that works. So again, that's our job to educate you on um, if that will be beneficial to you uh, and if that will work for you and if that bank's policies are the best for you as well. Perfect. That's great. Well, thank you, Rebecca. Any last words that you have for us before we wrap up today? As I always say to people, (laughs) seek advice. It's great to have conversations with friends and family that have been in that position of buying before. But just remember, it's an ever-changing landscape. So yeah, sure, your mum and dad, um, you know, they they are a wealth of knowledge and they will definitely help you. But the lending that they potentially took out 20 years ago is a very different landscape now. Um, Just give us a call, have a quick conversation, happy to take your call. And um, I, I really have a passion for getting people into their into their own properties, but also for them to extend out and um, get into investment properties as well. So just happy to help. Perfect. And I've got your details will be in the bottom of the podcast comments and notes so everyone can get in contact with Rebecca this year. Make this year your year, everyone. Yay. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Rebecca. Thanks so much. Well, that's it for today's episode. I want to thank everybody for listening today. I hope you found the conversation as insightful and interesting as I did. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. Follow us on social media. Give me your input. Every week I'll be announcing what expert I've got on so you can send in your questions before I go in to interview them. So make sure you're following us on Facebook or Instagram at Queenstown Property Chats. Thanks, everyone.